It's unnecessary roughness. Oh, this is a great start for the Raiders preseason. The defense, two sacks and forced to three and out. The offense trying to go down and score. It's Samir White getting the This is Unnecessary Roughness, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. First offensive drive right there for the Silver and Black. You heard Jason Horowitz, the radio play-by-play voice of the Silver and Black. He was on the TV call as JT was doing the radio side of things, and I did the pre- and the post-game show. So everybody just kind of moved up a job on Sunday, and we'll continue to do that throughout the course of the preseason. That was a lot of fun. Uh, was it the best showing that I've ever done? No, but it'll be it'll get better. It'll be good this Saturday. It'll be really good by the third week, and then we won't do it anymore. <laughs> so then there'll be that. But, no, it was a lot of fun being able to be at the Torch. Saw a lot of Raider Nation come by and say what's up and say, hey, I listen to you guys every day. Uh, man, shout out to Ari. Tell Ari to get some athletic bones in his body. Tell him to step his game up. I was like, man, I'll deliver the message. Don't you worry. I'll definitely pass it along. I said, Ari is the most unathletic dude ever, but he's working on it. He's working on it. So there's that. It was your birthday yesterday, too, Am by I the really? way. It was, your, it was your birthday, so happy birthday, Thank a little you. belated birthday. You know what's funny? It was my, ber- my dad's birthday yesterday, too. Really? My dad may be a couple years older than you. Eh, probably more athletic than me. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> still – my dad's still more athletic than you probably ever will. Hey, I will say I did a ton of walking because my dad was in, as I said, and he is uh, – He's on the strip, so we just you know did the the walking thing. It was, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely got to get in better shape. It's hey true. man, I'll tell you right now, it's and it, it's funny you mentioned being on the strip and your, you know your dad in town, and that's awesome. It's great that he uh, you know was there in town to celebrate your birthday with you. But man, uh, with my cousin, my cousin being being in town, myself and the wife, we went out to meet him. He was staying at Mandalay Bay, so we went out to meet him Saturday night, right? So we hung out with him for a little while, and so we're there in Mandalay Bay, and <laughs> he says. And I said, well, what do you want to do? And he goes, I don't know. This is your, this is your area. And I said, no, it's not, brother. It's the worst. Every time. Is, yes, Every it is tour, not every- my territory. I am a fish out of water here. This is not where I hang out. I hang out at GVR, right around the corner from the house. Yep. <laughs> That's where I hang out at. It's very comfortable. It's very convenient. And it is not on the strip. So Exactly. It doesn't matter. Know. Friends, family, girl, like it doesn't matter. It's, it's the same exact reaction. It's the same. And I try to explain. I'm like, it's not just me. And then we have uh, dinner with my other friend. And he was trying to tell him, like, sorry, I got lost because I don't know because we never come down here like, never never possible. ever yeah. and i'll tell you this if you told me that 10 years ago that oq you'd live in you'd live in the vegas area and you wouldn't go to the strip all the time i would call you a liar i'd be like right. yeah okay whatever i'm gonna hang out there all the time and it's, it's, it's funny when i used i used to come down to t- downtown uh down here all the time uh when i was in texas i would come here because my my boys were playing aau basketball they're playing in tournaments and so i'd stay at my mom's house and so i'd always tell her mom let's go down to the strip let's go to fremont street let's go do this that and the other and then we go down there and she's like i only come down here when you're in town and i'm like yeah okay you know like who does that that's boring. And now, now I'm here and I'm like, man, she ain't wrong. Role reversal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want nothing to do with that. And then yep. Lil' Q comes to town. He's like, where are we going? Let's go. Let's go party. I was like, man, go, on, go man. Go <laughs> you on. go party. Yeah, Have you fun. go do that, man. I'll meet up with you later. I'm good. I am absolutely yeah. I will say one positive. I, I haven't been really in that really, really congested, like the F1 area. It, so I didn't really know. I didn't mm-hmm. even ask anyone. I was just like, here I go. I'm just going to go and see what happens. Yeah. And, uh, maybe it was just my route, but it it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I mean, it was just crazy normal strip traffic for me, right? Like, just getting in and out, but so 
Yeah, I, I beat um, it. I beat F one. Our our on our sister station, uh, Cofield and Company. Uh, they're at Ellis Island quite a bit, and so I like to go over to Ellis Ooh. Island. I, I like that the front uh, the front awesome. yard. That's what it's called, right? Yep, front. Yard. I like I like that uh, area. I think it's really cool. But getting there is difficult at times, and so sometimes you're really backed up in traffic. But the last time, I want to say the last two times I went there, I felt like I was a professional. Like I rolled right in, even rolled right out with no problems. And I was like, okay, All right. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm doing something right here. I don't know. Maybe but we do live here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But normally that's a, that's a tough area to – to get in and out, especially with all the F1 traffic. And I'll tell you, man, this this whole Las Vegas community or whatever the case may be, however you want to word it, is just growing leaps and bounds when it comes to sports, sporting events, everything that's going to be in town. And, you know, you think it's crazy now. F1's going to make it nuts. Obviously, all the Raider games always makes the city super packed. Uh, everything is going on. The Aces, I mean, we're sitting there at dinner last night at Mandalay Bay, and the Aces game is getting out, and everybody's coming pouring out of, you know, Michelob Ultra Arena. It's like, hey, what's going on over there? Oh, yeah, the Aces are playing on the same day that the Raiders are playing. And so it's just it's a packed house. That's always cool. And then, the, and then it's going to end. This year is going to end with the Super Bowl here, which is going to be bananas, absolutely mm. bananas. And I look forward to it. I don't want to get here too soon. That means the, soup, the, the football season's over. But, man, this is going to be the first time, the very first time that I've ever been able to cover a Super Bowl and stay in my own bed at the same time. I'm like sure, that, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people in town saying, hey, Q, come here. Come man, meet us here. We have one <laughs> look. We have one guest Ooh. bedroom. I might just put it up for the highest bid. Right. <laughs> you can right? get it too. I'm sure. Oh, I'm telling maybe, you. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I don't know if you have an extra car line around. You want to do a little? Uh, yeah, I have an extra <laughs> car line around it. Ari, what do you think I am? <laughs> Not you. You know what, what I mean. What am I? The a wife, rental whatever. car unit? Yeah, what if am you I want a fleet? <laughs> you might as well. You charge them out the door. I don't know, like three hundred a day. They'll have to take it, right? It's price, mean, prices get crazy. I'm imagining. Maybe not yeah. rental cars. No, it's know. gonna it's gonna get nuts. I don't know how many rental cars are gonna be be rented just because everyone just kind of uses you know Uber That's true, and Lyft. Yeah. That's and the beauty of having all the Super that. Bowl or else they'll Vegas. go and they'll rent they'll rent like a high price car, right? You're gonna see purple Lambos rolling around and be like, man, I know that ain't your car, dude. He was not lending out his uh, Escalade. That's no, sure. I'm not. No. <laughs> Hell no. You ain't right. No. You get soda out here. You got a drink in here? Oh, you. my goodness, brother. <laughs> man, the wife just drove the Escalade yesterday for the first time. And she's still here to tell us about it. Good. <laughs> she must yeah, have done okay. <laughs> she survived. No, she was like, I don't even know how to drive this car. <laughs> so it's a little bigger. Uh, you know, it is, but it, it's all good. But, yeah, I'm very particular, so, no, I'm definitely not renting out the car. But if you have an extra car you'd like to hey, man. To, to borrow <laughs> or you want to let me borrow so I can rent it out, I'll do it. I can split the, the profits with you. I have to take that uh, all-purpose van we have here with the Raiders logo and stuff. There you go. There you <laughs> Hope go. Hope no one's listening. Nah, right around, yeah, right around in style. 406 <laughs> is the time. Let's go ahead and hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. We've got some cover three NFL news and notes coming up in a few minutes, but I did want you to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. He met with the media immediately following the game. I wasn't able to hear everything as I was on the postgame show, and then he also met with the media earlier today in an abbreviated fashion as the Zoom call froze up. But here was just the opening statement from head coach Josh McDaniels following the game, the 34-7 victory over the 49ers. A, a decent uh, way to start. I thought we had uh, good effort and competitiveness all the way through. I thought the guys were ready to play, excited to play. Um, you know, I thought we got contributions from all three phases um, and had a lot of young players out there playing. You know, and um, you know, they, there's some mistakes that we saw that we'll have to fix and correct. But uh, certainly, uh, guys stepped up and made some plays today, and that was good to see. Took care of the ball, created a few turnovers, were able to capitalize on some of that stuff, and generally played. 
for the most part, penalty free. So, um, you know, got off to a decent start in that regard, and um, hopefully we can build on it. I really think the start of the game was everything. Right. Again, wins and losses don't matter in the preseason. But the way the Raiders came out, you know, the 49ers won the toss. They elected to receive, which I was actually kind of surprised, maybe because Trey Lance was starting. I thought they were going to go ahead and, and kick it off and give the ball to the Raiders at first. But I was happy with that. I like the defense being on the field first, especially knowing that you're going to get the ball coming out of the locker room to start the second half. But I just – I like the tone that was set. Right. You got Trey Lance out there. He's a big unknown you don't know if this guy is going to be using his legs a lot, if he's going to try to stand in the pocket and, you know, target around the field. You know what you've seen in training camp. You know what you've seen in practice, but you don't know if it's going to translate into games until you see it. And for the Raiders to go ahead and get him to the ground, sack him twice. Well, the first sack wasn't even to the ground, but, I mean, he was, you know, in the grass but lost three yards, so that was a sack. And then on third down, they sacked him as well. Two sacks and three plays getting off the field, and then, and then they go down immediately their first offensive possession – over five-minute drive, Aiden O'Connell, rookie, never had any NFL action before, and finds a way to punch it into the end zone by way of, by way of uh, Zamir White running. That, to me, that really offensively and defensively, in my opinion, set the tone for that whole game. And I was wondering how long the Raiders were going to be able to sustain that, if they were going to be able to come back with another you know, defensive stand and get the ball back. And then they did, another three and out. I thought, dang, okay. What I'm seeing in training camp, is actually what is going on. It's translating into the action on the field. One preseason game, but it's something to build on. I said at the top of the show, it's not about wins and losses, but it's about how you got to that win and loss. I think that the way that the Raiders got to that win was the step that they want to take in the positive direction. The way that the Niners got to that loss is something, as Donald Penn told me postgame, 49er fans should be concerned. You know, that, that was not a good performance from Trey Lance at all. If that was them trying to showcase him, maybe trying to trade him and get some, some, some high-quality draft capital for him, that's not going to get it done. And if that's a possibility that maybe he could end up being the guy, that, that's not going to show it either. Sam Darnold, I thought, looked better when he came into the game. He found his easy Hearn, and he found a spot that he was comfortable. He looked for his easy Hearn. He looked for 48, and he was like, well, wherever 48's at, I'm throwing the ball. Because his easy Hearn was getting beat. And it's funny, as soon as I tweeted that, that Sam Darnold found something that he likes, then Curtis Bolton was able to – to punch out the ball, and as easy Hearn comes up with the fumble recovery. So I talked him into a good play, even though as a DB, he was not doing very well as far as covering the wide receivers. But that was uh, just an opening statement right there from head coach Josh McDaniels. And as I mentioned, there was a lot of pressure. You saw the defense just playing, I thought, at a very high level for the first preseason game. I think you couldn't really ask for too much. But here's Coach McDaniels just talking about that pressure defense. Yeah, I mean, that's what we've been trying to work on it for, as you mentioned. And I thought we actually had more opportunities. We got our hands on more footballs than what we ended up coming up with, um, which, again, until you start getting close, you know, it's hard to create them. So um, I thought the defense was, you know, really connected, you know, tonight for the most part and tried to make the windows as tight as they could. And uh, we were punching and stripping at the ball a little bit. So, um, you know, that, that's the way we want to play, and that's how we want to, you know, force the offense to, you know, drive the ball and, and do it that way. Didn't give up a bunch of big plays you know, which always gives you more opportunities. So, um, no, it's, you know, good complimentary football. Anytime you can turn it over and then turn those turnovers into points and be on a short field, um, that's helpful. 
And so there's him talking about the pressure defense, and obviously I think they did a really good job. But let's go ahead and continue with the defense real quick, just talking about the improved effort because you could just see it on the field. It wasn't one of those where they were thinking. It was one of those they knew exactly what to do. Kirk Morrison mentioned in the pregame show that on third and eight, guys know what play call is coming in. You don't even have to look at the sideline. You know what's coming in. It seemed like that that's where they were, even though there was a lot of young guys. But overall, the improved effort to me was a big deal. That would be impossible for me for, for me to say today. Um, you know, look, we're I think every player that plays on defense and every coach in our organization uh, that's working on that side of the ball is just doing everything they can every day to try to improve and get better. Um, you know, started that started that process started as soon as the season ended, and um, you know we're, where where it will ultimately lead to, I don't know. Um, but I like our our effort. I think our attitude every day is the right uh, the right type of attitude if you want to improve and get better and. Um, you know, and, and again, you see, you know, you see some, some results from some of the younger guys. That's a good thing to see early. And again, I, I'm sure that there's going to be plenty of mistakes that we, we can correct tomorrow. Head coach Josh McDaniels right there again. Effort on defense. He thought it was a good effort on defense. And that's all you really want. You want them to go out there with the maximum effort uh, and, and believe that they're going to make plays. And in my opinion, that's exactly what you saw from the silver and black. They expected to make plays, and they did go out there and make plays. Aiden O'Connell, he got a ton of snaps. He played a lot more than I expected. I thought he was going to play one half and Chase Garber was going to play the other half. Then he came out into the third quarter and went deep into the third quarter. So here's Coach McDaniels on just getting Aiden O'Connell reps. Brian and, and Jimmy really got a lot of work uh, this week. And I, I mentioned a number of times we were trying to kind of you know, look at it in three days here. And so uh, this was really kind of the vision, you know, that I had, you know, try to get those guys a lot of work in practice, um, you know, against some guys that probably weren't going to play on their side of the ball also in the, in the, in the game. And then, um, you know, let Aiden have an opportunity to experience this for the first time. Uh, there was a lot of firsts today for him, you know, so, um, you know, his first play call first, you know, feeling pressure in the pocket, first two minute drive, first half time, you know, all those things. So, um, you know, I thought he generally handled himself well for the first opportunity. Um, you know, he's going to learn a lot from some of the things that we might've been able to, um, you know, do a little bit better that would have helped us maybe sustain a few drives, but that's that's why he was in there. So, um, you know, he just he's a sponge. He he soaks it all in, and um, he'll take every opportunity to improve. So, what's up next now? Scrimmage with the Rams. Couple joint practices Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday and Thursday is the two practices. Friday they'll be off. Saturday is that actual game. Of course, you can hear that game on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, we'll have the pre- and the post-game show live from uh, Raiders HQ. JT the Brick will be on the call again, similar to what he was on Sunday, along with Lincoln Kennedy and Eric Allen. And Jason Horowitz will be on the TV side of things. So here's Coach McDaniels talking about joint scrimmages with the L.A. Rams. Yeah, I think much the same in terms of the work, um, you know, the, the competition, um, the structure. You know, I think, you know, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get tested in every phase uh, for two straight days, you know, with a – um, you know, a, a really good team that's well coached, got a lot of really good players. So this will be a great opportunity for us to, you know, uh, get challenged in a different way. Um, some of their strengths might be a little bit different than San Francisco's. The scheme is uh, definitively different on both sides. And so um, that was kind of what we uh, what we thought about, you know, relative to, you know, putting these things together and, and how, how we could benefit. So um, there's going to be a lot of work that we uh, put in here in the next 48 hours to get ourselves ready to go for Wednesday. And, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to this opportunity for our team. 
Just got a couple more sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels. Those were the ones that actually followed the game last night when he was at the podium there at Allegiant Stadium. Now we're going to switch over to what he had to say today in abbreviated fashion as his Zoom call got frozen, so we weren't able to finish up the whole thing. But the Raiders are in L.A. right now. They left last night, so Vinny actually asked a question about leaving for L.A. early and then also asked if there's an update on Dylan Parham, who looked like he had a head injury, and he left the game on Sunday. No update on Dylan. Um, the, you know, the thought process, uh, you know, with the logistics here, um, relative to the mandatory day off and those types of things, um, you know, we can't travel on a mandatory day off. So we didn't want to, well, we just thought this was the best thing logistically for us is to go ahead and travel after the game. And, you know, that way we can kind of, you know, have our feet on the ground here and, um, you know, not, not try to do too much the day before, um, we're getting ready to, uh, practice with another football team. Meaning, you know, if we take the day off at home Monday and then try to go over the San Francisco stuff Tuesday, you know, at our place, you know, hurry up and kind of cram in something for LA and then travel on the same day, then get up and go practice with them. We just didn't feel like that was conducive to, you know, giving ourselves the best opportunity to have a productive day. So <clears throat> we uh, we thought this was best. So they clearly had this really well planned out, right, that they were going to leave following the game and the reason why, and he just explained it right there, can't travel on a, on a mandatory day off. And I think that that was good planning, especially when instead of the joint practices being Thursday and Friday like it was last week, they're actually Wednesday and Thursday with the game being on Saturday. So, again, it's just all part of the plan. When you're putting together the training camp schedule and how you're going to do things, this all goes into it as well. And so clearly they have it all planned out the way that they want to execute things. And so far, so good as they're in L.A. And, of course, we'll start to see and hear reports from practice starting on Wednesday. Vinny Bonsignor, a little side note, will chime in and check in on the show each and every day. Each day they're there. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he'll check in on the show and kind of give us an update. I was thinking about making the trip to L.A., but we've got a lot going on around the radio station, so I thought it was better. It made more sense for me to stay here, especially since i got to be on the broadcast um, for the pre- and the post-game show from Raiders HQ on Saturday. So Vinny's going to just check in, see, say what he's uh, seeing at practice. I know he's going to do that for the morning tailgate. I'm sure he'll do that for JT's show as well. But we'll have all kind of updates live from L.A. all week long while the Raiders are having uh, joint practices with the Rams, courtesy of our guy, Vinny Bonsignor. One big battle that I've been looking forward to and we've been seeing in camp quite a bit and I was looking forward to on Sunday as well, just seeing what the 49ers defensive line was going to be able to do is the Raiders in their right tackle spot. That's Thayer Mumford, Jermaine Illuminor. That's Jermaine Illuminor and Thayer Mumford, however you want to word it. Jermaine Illuminor is the starter right now, but I do believe Thayer Mumford is really pushing them. So here's uh, head coach Josh McDaniels talking about the competition between those two guys. Yeah, both of them, um, you know, did did some good things. Um I thought both of them were challenged. This is a really, like I said, this is a really good front. So, um, you know, they got a decent chunk during the week. And then, you know, each of them had a handful of drives uh, yesterday in the game too. So, um, <clears throat> you know, some some good, some positive, And then uh, a few things that I think our entire tackle group can learn from relative to playing that style uh, of defense. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm pleased with the way they're going about it. They're competing hard. I think they're making one another better, uh, that whole group. And, um, you know, look forward to seeing the, the challenges that we're going to see this week too. I think having joint practices with the Rams is so important, right? Having two teams two weeks in a row is huge. 
as opposed to just having three preseason games. Being able to go have those joint practices with these teams a couple weeks is 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 pretty big deal and really starts to test, especially the trenches. That's where everyone's paying attention to. As we had Donald Penn on earlier, he's going to be out at practice on Wednesday. He's paying attention to the trenches. What Aaron Donald's able to do against the Rams or the Raiders' offensive line. What the rest of the Rams' defensive line is able to do against the offensive line, and vice versa. You know, what does Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, what do those guys look like going up against the Rams' offensive line, which is not a very good offensive line. But, you know, it's still an offensive line, and, and it's a different team. And so you know Max Crosby's going to be ready to go. You know Chandler Jones is going to be ready to go. Palau Nichols in the middle is going to be ready to go. Uh, guys like Byron Young, right, all those guys are going to be ready to, to go and make things happen. Nesta Jade Silvera, can he continue to build off what he's been doing, a little bit of buzz that he's been creating? Well, we'll find out on Wednesday and Thursday, and then we'll obviously see the game come Saturday. And actually, this is the question that broke the Internet. <laughs> it didn't really break the Internet, but it froze up the Zoom. And actually, it's funny, Scott Goldbranson is the one who asked the question, and this used to be the time slot that Scott Goldbranson was on way back uh, when Radio Nation Radio 920 first got started, and I was still in Texas. I was co-hosting the show, but from Texas with him. Well, he asked the last question, and that was like the death nail. <laughs> and when he asked that question, and Coach McDaniels got about a minute into the answer, Freeze, pause, and it was done. But here it is. I thought it was a really good question about this Raiders team, Coach McDaniels, Dave Ziegler and company, establishing a winning culture. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, that's a, there's a process to that. And, um, you know, when you, when you change um, things in an organization and, um, you know, there's, there's always uh, a new a vision or a way of, um you know, doing things that uh, takes a little time to getting used to in terms of, uh, you know, kind of perfecting the detail and execution of, you know, whatever phase of it it might be, whether that's off the field, on the field, um, you know, in the off season, during season, whatever it might be. And so um, I think, <clears throat> you know, yesterday was a, um, you know, a different feeling relative to last year's first game, you know, it was, Last year's first game was the first time for all of us, you know, together. And uh, so we were, uh, again, trying to get used to it. And and and, and those things are um, things that hopefully we've improved on as the year went on last year and, and it obviously through the offseason and into this year. So there you go. And then it froze and it paused and it was over. Done deal records. Wrap. That was it. We tried. I was on deck. I was warming up, man. I had the batter's helmet on. I had my gloves on. Right, I was ready. Right, I was getting my, my warm-up swings in. I was ready to go. Never got the call, right? It was the double play happened, I guess. Double play, ended in inning. Q never got the bat. Who, who would have known what would have happened if I ever got the bat? <laughs> but I didn't. But, again, going back to what Coach McDaniels was talking about, a winning culture, that's what this organization needs. That's what everyone wants, and that's what every coach says when he takes over. Got to establish a winning culture here. And a lot of times that falls on deaf ears, and people say, yeah, yeah, that's coach speak. We hear it all the time. But this is what this organization needs is a winning culture, and they need to establish that. And that's Dave Ziegler's job. That's Coach McDaniel's job. That's Patrick Graham's job. Hell, that's Mark Davis's job, right, to establish a winning culture within the organization. Sandra Douglas Morgan, the team president on her side of things, established a culture of winning, a culture of – and winning comes in different forms. I'm not just talking about wins and losses on the field. I just mean winning as a team, as an organization, doing things the right way, like making sure that everything is correct. That's what she's doing. That's what Mark Davis is trying to do, and that's why he put football people in charge to turn this team around and get things going in the right direction so they can get and create and establish that winning culture. And 
culture is one of those things that I'm a firm believer in, and every business in the walk in 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 man. Mankind, walk of life, everyday walk of life, needs to have a strong culture. And trust and believe every organization, (laughs) business-wise, does not have a strong culture. But it needs to be created, and it needs to be established. And it takes somebody or some people to turn that thing around. And that's what they're attempting to do, Dave Ziegler, Joshua Daniels, and company, on the football side of things for the silver and black. 423 is the time. We'll come back. Got a little bit of cover three NFL news and notes of the day. NFL running backs are finding new homes. We'll tell you about those guys. Plus, we'll tell you a few more nuggets. Then Ari has reason or excuse. We got a lot on the way. Plus, we still want to hear from you. 69187, keyword R&R, and 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Sincere McCormick is in the backfield about five yards back. Garbers rolls right, rolls right, hits McCormick, touchdown. Las Vegas Raiders, Sincere McCormick with the short touchdown grab, and the Raiders are blowing this one open in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I don't know what sounds better. The Raiders getting into the end zone with Sincere McCormick. You heard JT on the call right there. Garbers and McCormick. McCormick had two touchdowns on the day, one on the ground, one through the air. Or the sounds of F-A-B-O-L-O-U-S breathe right there, orchestrated by my man Ari, who's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Well done, young man. Thank you. Good job on the spelling, I must say. Oh, I know that you don't spell it like normally yeah. you spell fabulous. I've been know. listening. You pay I attention. know what's up. Hey, look, man, I'll be paying attention. I've been knowing. Yeah, I've dibbled and dabbled in the hip hop world for quite a while, man. Well, I, I know, I know the rules. Why we get I know along. the rules to the game, my man, but no, well done there and good call right there from JT the Brick. And again, man, I think that Sincere McCormick is a really nice back. I don't know if he's a guy that's going to be a really nice back this year. But I think that there's a little something-something that the Raiders could get from him, probably put him on the practice squad, and if need be, could be a guy that could probably provide a little something for him uh, upcoming. But uh, that's good stuff right there. Sincere McCormick with a touchdown catch off Chase Garbers. A couple quick texts that we want to get to real quick. Jim from Yonkers hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R, step in the right direction. Don't rule out any possibilities regarding Aiden O'Connell. Thank you for a great show. Short and sweet and to the point. And I think that that – is what Aiden O'Connell proved, that don't rule me out of anything. Don't put me into a bubble. Don't, you know, don't tell me what, what I'm going to be in the NFL because every time someone tells him he's not going to do something, the one thing he's done has proven them wrong. This guy was, what, ninth on the depth chart when it came to quarterbacks at Purdue? 99.9% of people that were in that position would have transferred, especially nowadays, right? Most people would have been like, hey, I could transfer with no problems. I'm out. Peace. He admitted that maybe he was just too dumb not to, to transfer. He just didn't do it. He just stuck it out. Well, he's clearly got something between the ears, which is half the battle, and that's why you're able to pick up an offense like Josh McDaniel's offense if you got it between the ears. So I, I'm with you, Jim. Don't rule anything out regarding Aiden O'Connell, and I do think it was a step in the right direction. Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q, like to say happy belated birthday to our number one party animal. That's Ari. <laughs> Would it be possible to come in studio and give you a birthday treat? Sincerely, two-piece bikini Zima ladies, the Cougar Club, and J-Lo's second cousin. Wow. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. There you go. Thank you, Sir Whiskey Ray. You are the number one party animal, first of all. He is definitely the number one party animal. And uh, I'm pretty much I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no on the studio because I'm almost positive you're going to bring some kind of alcohol. And uh, we have some rules here, so. 
I mean, I'm just saying. Q, you want to lift the ban on the alcohol hey, look, in the radios? Man, I'm just saying. He he rolled out the <laughs> options. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, mm. if I was you. You're going to put that call a, into J-Lo's second cousin? Right. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> sometimes what they say is that the trouble's worth getting into. The, is, is the trouble worth it? <laughs> the juice worth the squeeze or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jay Valentine <laughs> says intended. she worth the trouble, yes. man. My homeboy Jay Valentine says she worth the trouble. So, All right, I'm let's do saying. it, Sir Whiskey. Let's do it. <laughs> Ari said, let's do it. Get me off, off the air. We'll, we'll talk more about this. That is too <laughs> funny. Brad and Conker said, hey, Q, so I took away that the defense just seemed to have that flying around look and was able to just react and do their job. Not sure if that's Graham simplifying, but it was fun to watch. Regarding O'Connell, I was impressed that he just came out there and carried himself as if he's been on this team for the last year or two. That's from Brad and Concord. And that was what stood out to me really about Aiden O'Connell is that you never got that sense that this was the first time he had been in an NFL game. And I don't know how he pulled that off and really made it seem like he was cooler than the other side of the pillow. He was not tripping. Right? He just went out there and he executed. And I'm sure he was tripping on the inside a little bit, but he didn't show it. And if, the, if you don't show panic, you know what normally happens? The people around you don't show panic or they don't get nervous because they know that you're, oh, this guy got it. We're good, right? And that's something that – did Andre James say that? No, no, it wasn't Andre James. It was Austin Hooper said it, the tight end. He said about Jimmy G that he's calm and relaxed and, and, and is able to exhale in the huddle. So nobody else gets panicked. That is a trait that is, is, is rare to be able to have that, especially in a competitive you know, game like that or a competitive moment, right, where you want everything to go the way that you want it to go, not to – get overwhelmed or show any kind of, you know, like panic or anything, I think that's a big deal and it's a really good trait to have. Jimmy G clearly has it, and what we saw from Aiden O'Connell, he clearly has it too. I know another guy who doesn't show panic. That's my man Tim in Texas. Tim, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hello, how y'all doing? We're blessed. Um, I, uh, I was just going to say, uh, I think um, O'Connell played better than any of the, the, um, any of the rookie quarterbacks uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Tom. I know Tom Mattel, and we'll see. But I did like the defense, even though it wasn't the starters. I like the way the defense is putting pressure because that's the only way you're going to really get the turnovers is putting pressure on the quarterback and, and and swiping and trying to get at that ball. But from my understanding, uh, when they made the schedule, uh, if I if I'm right, I believe Denver begged to play us the first game. Yep. Try to make sure that they we. They, I don't think they want that smoke. <laughs> Well, that's what they wanted. That's what they wanted. That's what they get. Raiders at their house, week one. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate the call, my man. And, yeah, that's what they wanted. They uh, they, they really, really, Sean Payton, and I don't know if it's because the way that the Raiders have dominated the Broncos that they wanted to kind of get, get out and try to get that one over with immediately and kind of set the tone and, as I mentioned before, change the culture, right? I don't know if that's what the case was, but they wanted the Raiders week one. They got the Raiders week one, and – well, if, if the Raiders go out there and perform anything like they did on Sunday, uh, like Tim said, they might not want that smoke. How about Michael right here in Vegas? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Michael? Raiders, Raiders. I uh, love your show. I agree with the last call. I thought the defense looked great. I, I, you know, I even feel better. I know we went 4-0 last year, but I feel better about this team. I feel – I think we're going to beat Denver up. Um I just wanted to say what you talked about being calm in the pocket with, with Aiden and with, um, with Jimmy G. I, I, I mentioned that about Carr last year. He was ninth year in the league, and he still got happy feet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad he's gone. 
and I'm a big Jimmy G fan, uh, and Aiden O'Connell, man. What a great draft he was. And I agree with the last caller. He definitely was the best quarterback uh, all weekend. Thank yeah, I agree. Hey, Michael, thanks so much. I appreciate you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I went through all the stats for all the rookie quarterbacks all weekend long, and he was right there up there. If not the best, he was one of the best. I would say that you could look at a guy like DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and feel like he did really well. But Aiden O'Connell, he did his thing, man. He, he really did. I'm trying to see another passer. Yeah, DTR had a 142.5 passer rating, where O'Connell had 117.8. Uh, let's see, who else? I'm looking at a couple more that were pretty good. But it was just, I mean, it was just basically that. I think, yeah, he was he was right up there. If, if Like I said, if not the best, he was one of the best. So, uh, yeah, he, he, he showed a lot of you know, poise in the pocket. And it's funny, the more we talk about this out loud, the more I realize that as we talk about players and coaches and I always say that you are a product of, you know, you're just kind of an image of, of your surroundings or you start to take on the personality of your coaches. I'll even take it a step further. I feel like Aiden O'Connell and Jimmy G take on a, a, a little bit of the personality of GM Dave Ziegler. Anytime he talks, he don't sound panicked ever. Right. And I'll, I'll give Coach McDaniels credit, too. When people were talking about Jimmy G being available for training camp, what do he say? I don't have any anxiety. I'm good. And we all kind of goofed on him about that. Like, oh, oh he didn't have any anxiety. What happens when he doesn't show up? Like everybody talked about that. I do national radio. People talked, peppered me with that question. Oh, he's not serious. Is he Q? And I was like, no, he's he's serious. He's he's very comfortable. So everyone that would hit me with what are you going to do when Jimmy G's not going to be there? I was like, I think Jimmy's going to be there. <laughs> Maybe I'm being foolish, but I'm taking the coach's word. He says that he's not, he doesn't have anxiety, so if he, as a coach, don't have anxiety, why should I? So they really kind of taken that personality of their coach and, and GM where there's, no, there's really no panic to them, and that, to me, is a big deal. And, you know, you talked about the happy feet of car, and I'm not trying to make this a car bashing moment, but to see O'Connell stand there in the pocket and have some people diving around his feet and, and him not miss a beat, just step up and deliver the ball, that was good to see. It really was. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. I want to see O'Connell continue to grow because you don't make it over one game. But it's a very good step for the rookie, the fourth-round pick out of Purdue. Let's go out to the yay area. Let's talk to our guy, Lester. Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind? Two, what's going on? Congrats on the ESPN gig. Appreciate um, you. Hey, uh, yeah, about the, the game. You know, football season's here. Um, Aiden O'Connell, you know, like everybody else is saying, I, I wasn't a big fan of that pick. I would have rather had DTR at that spot when they picked him. But, mm-hmm. hey, he had the poise that, without a doubt yesterday. He made some good throws. And it's just like you said, he looked like he was a veteran out there. It looks like he's been on the team for two years. Yep. So he looked really good. Hopefully that continues. I think the big thing was the O-line and the D-line. Um, it seems like we have some pretty good depth on, on the O-line and D-line and in the secondary. So that's big. I mean, if we could keep that depth and it, if it remains disciplined and good, and, you know, we could play some real good football this year as long as everybody, you know, stays disciplined when it comes to the backups, the second and third teamers. So, uh, but real quick, Q, do you think uh, we're going to see the starters in the next game, at least for a series or two? That's on a great and defense? That's a great question, Lester. I'm not 100% sure. I really am not. I mean, last year we, we didn't see any starters uh, throughout the course of the, 
outside of Josh Jacobs, really. I mean, throughout the course of, of the preseason, I know there was a couple guys defensively, like Hobbs was out there, Merrick was out there. But, you know, I know Devontae won't be out there. He's obviously nursing that, that leg injury. He had a sleeve on his leg when he came out. He was walking around Allegiant Stadium, but it was great to see him out there walking around Allegiant Stadium, uh, sleeve or no sleeve. It, it was great to see him out there, especially after the scare from last week that he got a little bit banged up. Um, look, I, I would doubt it especially this week, and the reason I say it this week, because they're doing the same thing that they did last week, where they scrimmaged against the Niners, and they got a lot of reps in on uh, on Thursday and Friday. I believe they're going to get so many reps in on Wednesday and Thursday for the, against the Rams that there's going to be no need to have a lot of those guys out there. So I think you'll see a lot more Aiden O'Connell. I think you'll see a lot more Chase Garbers. I think you'll see a lot more Sincere McCormick. I bet you you won't even see as much Zamir White on Saturday because I think he's going to get a lot of reps going up against the the Rams, you know, during the, the practice session. So uh, I, I would be shocked. Let's put it like that. Maybe maybe preseason game number three against Dallas, you, you get to see a drive or two. But, again, this is just my gut feeling. This is no, nothing coming from a place of knowledge. It's just what I think could happen. But thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. A couple more texts that I'd like to get to. Uh, Lady Raider 559, how about we're talking to, uh, about the defensive line, the depth. She said, how about Jordan freaking Willis? I think. I think the Raiders, and thank you so much for that, uh, that text, a little strong arm emoji on the text. I think that the depth on, on, on the Raiders and the competition that is on the defensive line, in the secondary, at the wide receiver position is deep. I mean, it really is. That competition is deep. There's no way that they can keep everybody, but they, they really they have some dues. I think that Dave Ziegler has assembled a pretty stinking good roster, a deep roster where there's a lot of competition at all spots. So it feels like outside of a handful of guys, there's not guaranteed spots around the roster. Someone called in earlier today. Matter of fact, I think they called in on JT's show and said, no more scholarship players. No more scholarship players. Just that you're there because, well, that's what, you know, you're paid to be there. Or that's when you were drafted, so you need to be there. There's no more of those. You've got to go out there and earn your spot outside of, you know, being reasonable. Right, I mean, there's obviously some guys who, like Devontae never has to see training camp, and you know he's there, right? Josh Jacobs, once he signs his, his uh, franchise tag, he's there, right? He doesn't have to earn it in training camp. There's not someone, Sincere McCormick's not going to beat him out. You know, we don't need Josh anymore because Sincere's good. No, it's, that's not realistic. But the depth in the wide receiver room, the de- depth of the defensive line, the depth of the quarterback position, those guys are all fighting to earn their spots. Offensive line, right tackle, <laughs> right? Right guard, yeah. In a major way. Uh, let's see. We got another text that I wanted to get to real quick. And this one was, where did it go? Oh, Cucamonga Raider. Here it is. Uh, afternoon, Q. Heck of a game yesterday. All-around complete game. I'm optimistic. But after last year's 4-0 preseason start, I'm holding my water on the excitement until we get through the first four games. Regarding fans from the opposite team, get used to it, Nation. Not until we start winning will opposing teams start thinking twice about dishing out the dough for a game. Not going to lie, that's what's holding me back this year. I'd hate to drop 2K on four tickets for my family to come, and then we go away with the L. The Cardinals game I attended still has me traumatized as Cucamonga Raider, and he's talking about that 20 to nothing lead that the Raiders had in week two last year, only to find a way to lose. And I totally understand that. Totally understand that. And, again, that's, that's the biggest thing. That's what I've been talking about. You go back and look at the history of Allegiant Stadium, the Raiders don't have a winning record there, and they need to have a winning record. They need to establish winning consistently at home. When they start doing that, that's when – like he said, Cucamonga Raiders said, opposing fans will think twice. Like, yeah, I want to go to Vegas. I want to go see my favorite team. But 
the Raiders always win at home, right? They need to start establishing that old Seattle Seahawks type thing where you go to Seattle, you know that's an L. And I know that that hasn't been the last couple of years, but there was a time when any time someone played in Seattle, you knew that was an L. You know, then when, when the Patriots would play at home, you felt like that that was always going to be an L, right? I mean, there's certain teams that when they played at their home field, you just knew, oh, yeah, that team's going to take that, – that team's taking an L. The Raiders have to establish that, and they haven't done that. That's on them, right? They haven't, they haven't been successful enough inside Allegiant Stadium to make opposing fans think twice about spending the money, dishing out the money to go to a game and check out the, uh, you know, their team lose. So that's on the Raiders to go ahead and come up with that. 4.44 is the time. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, reason or excuse, Ari's going to take over the wheels of steel. Uh, hold on, what do you say? But saying? before we do that, we're going to give away some, uh, some uh, hopefully, qualify someone for four aviators. Oh, we're going to do it again? Yes. All right, let's do it again. Yes, I didn't, I'm I didn't feeling know. generous. All right. I hey, make the rules here. I understand. It's, hey, look, it was your birthday, so if you want to give out some extra yeah. stuff for your birthday, cool. That's cool. Look, On behalf of me. There you go. <laughs> Ari's in a giving type of mood. So let's go ahead and give, give, give. 702-365-9200. Call number nine. Hit us up right now. You want to get registered for those four tickets to the Aviators game. More important, it's the last week for the Lotus Summer of Fun. It's a five-day Caribbean cruise from Miami, including airfare to Miami, or you could just take the cash, which is $3,000 Cold, hard cash. Hit us up. Let us know about it. 444 is the time. Strange Radio 920. It's time for reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. All right, and a real special shout-out to my man Alex, who uh, thank you for the birthday wishes, but he won fair and square. He is now qualified for <laughs> the four tickets to the Aviators. I just have to say that. You know, wish me happy birthday is cool. I'm, I'm not going to hook you up just because of that. So here we go with reason or excuse. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I never, mm. I will never be a part of an organization that he's part of. That would be James Harden blasting Morey at a recent event in China, an Adidas event. So the Sixers agreed to search out a, a trade upon Harden's request after he agreed to pick up his uh, $35.6 million option, player option in June. Sixers' asking price was steep, and no teams, including the Clippers, who, if you remember, that was like a big, that was yeah. one of the names we all heard the teams that this is going to happen. Uh, none of them were willing to or able to meet that uh, price. Harden was led to believe he was definitely getting traded, and that was a bold-faced lie. Reason or excuse? I mean, like, <laughs> no sarcasm or stink on that at all. No, it's just it's funny. I mean, I I I get what he's saying. I don't think I'm very much ever on the side of James Harden, but in this situation, I mean, they really hustled him, right? I mean, they did. They they basically told him that they would trade him he opted in where he could have just opted out and walked for whatever and left the organization high and dry and you know got whatever he got on the open open market the other side the flip side of this is that not a lot of teams want James Harden because he's not that guy he's he's older James Harden he's unproven James Harden as far as being a winner and if he doesn't get his way he gets in in no disrespectful way gets fat and happy right I mean that's that's just what he does he just kind of does his own thing until he forces his way out of town. I've never been a James Harden fan, so I don't like feel sorry for him. But in this instant, I do think that Daryl Morey probably flat out lied to him. Because remember, they had a relationship. Daryl Morey, James Harden, that's his guy. Daryl Morey fought for him to come to Philadelphia. Daryl Morey was in Houston with them, gave him all that money, right? I mean, that was always his guy. And I think he saw the writing on the wall that, hey, I'm not going to be able to get anything for this guy we better tell him whatever he wants to hear to get him to opt in we're going to attempt to trade him but we're going to try to trade him at a steep price that no team's going to want because that's what we want 
and then he's going to have to come back and play next year. We'll see how it shakes out. But this, my friend, is a very interesting story. Right? I, I have to just add, I, I agree with everything you just said. I just The one part of it that is, like, there's two things. You got to wonder if, A, rather than, like, I'm just going to promise him this, if he was just, like, I'm just going to say it, you know what I mean? I'm just going to tell him, hey, and see what happens, and, and then it just right. didn't work out. The other thing, I just, I feel, as someone that's been, I'll just say it, I have other companies too, I've I've tried to make things work, I've tried to make things happen, you know, put in, had meetings, whatever you want to call it, and not necessarily, I wasn't told, you're 100% this is happening, but it's like, we're really going to try, and words like this, basically, hey, right. we're going to make this happen, and sometimes in business, it's just real life, like, no malice, it just doesn't happen, so a small part of me has to wonder as the story develops, and did Maury go out of his way to say, hey, I got you. Don't even worry. Or is it just like, yeah, you know, I think we'll be all right. You know, I got you, man. You know me. And then, I don't know, but James had happened. some very harsh words for him, called him a liar right. multiple times. Uh, so, liars. you know. Liars kinda, are something you don't want to be called ever, yeah. No, no. I mean, especially if you're in a management position like he is, right? Daryl Morey is the GM of the team. So if there's a star in the league, and regardless how you feel about James Harden, he's a star in the league. If he's calling him a liar, a bold-faced liar multiple times, that's a message to the rest of the guys out there in free agency. That's a message to the rest of the league. Don't trust that guy. Yeah. So And James Harden has a lot of friends. Just because I don't like him doesn't mean that the rest of the league don't like him. <laughs> oh, no, that's fair, yeah. Uh, there's also the angle about Ben Simmons in the past. Like, it's a, it's a routine. This has happened before, but not not the same. But, yeah, we'll yeah. see what – I have a feeling this story is going to present itself in reason or excuse again in the future. Yeah, so I think – at the end of the day, I think it's it's really a reason, not more excuse. It's just really a reason, and it, it feels weird for me saying that. But in this situation, I think it is. Every once in a while, right back back someone. Uh, speaking of liars, I don't think this fight's ever happening. Elon and uh, Zuckerberg. Elon now is saying he spent three hours in an MRI machine today and says there's a problem with his right shoulder blade rubbing up against his ribs. That's going to require a minor surgery, and recovery will quote only take a few months. So I mean. Is this just I, is this is this a real fair reason or is this just another excuse? Because I have not I have the a first question. time. I have a question about this. Why do what, what's the reason why we want to even see this fight? <laughs> I, I don't know because I don't have it. Like I'm sure some people. I don't have care interest. to see. These I am guys not interested fight at all. At all, I think it's dumb. All I want is Elon Musk to fix Twitter and oh. stop stop tinkering with it to the point where it's so screwed up see, like it is now. I'm so far gone from that even happening that I will tell you one reason I want the fight to happen, and I think a lot of people agree, is because I want to see him get his butt whooped. Fair and square, that's fine. It's a fair fight, but maybe you need to get knocked down a peg. Neither and- one of those slappies is going to do anything that was going to be real <laughs> effective as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, who knows? There's so much hype. This is all what it's about, the hype and all that, so we'll see. It could be maybe yeah, no we'll thanks. get shocked and it'll be this no great thanks. fight. No I'll, I'll thanks. I'll go watch the paint dry on the back wall <laughs> at the house before I care watch about a that Watch James fight. Harden uh, training video. Yeah, exactly. I'll watch James Harden in a, in a yeah him versus uh, Daryl Morey competition. <laughs> How about that? It might be more exciting. Yeah, right. Speaking of exciting, we'll move on to the uh, the day. Your favorite, World Lizard Day, Q. World Lizard Day? What kind of lizard? Like a, <laughs> a, a, a pink lizard, a gecko-type lizard? What kind of lizard are we talking well, about? Well, that's a specific type of reptile is the lizard. Okay. And let's see. It's considered reptiles, characterized by its scaly skin, et cetera, et cetera. There are about 6,000 species of lizards, so... We got a lot of lizards out here, that's for sure. I see lizards all the time I've seen out a here. Couple. I'm a fan. I like them. You like lizards? Yeah, why not? Of course. I mean, you as do. long as they're not like invading my house or something, they of can have course. a they can have a day other than you know a, instead of National Creamsicle Day, which it also is. I'm more down with the lizards. National Lizard Day closes the show out. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a good one.